Welcome to the Deepers Creepers podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. And this week, we're going to be talking about a long-awaited subject that we have been super excited about, which is going to be X and Pearl. And I do love an audience. I am so excited for this week's episode. We are covering, um, like Jess said, both X and Pearl. X is definitely, like, in competition for my favorite movie of the year. Um, I love it. It's so freaking good. (laughs) Uh, And then we just saw Pearl the other day, and although very, very, very... Very different from X. I thought it was so wonderful. It was it was a piece of art, it honestly. It really was. And it's just... Oh, I'm so excited to talk about both of them. We're going to do a little comparing and contrasting. A little, um, you know, spoiling some little Easter eggs that you can find in both of them. Which is really awesome. And the, the fact that X came first, just like... <sighs> I don't... Like, seeing Pearl just really solidified how amazing X really was... And how amazing Mia Goth Mia is. Mia Goth. I'm literally, like, we have X playing in the background right now and just playing on silent. And just Mia Goth is incredible from start to finish of both of these films. Seriously. And she worked her ass off. She, so she is the star of X. She plays Maxine Minx. She also plays Pearl. The, uh, you know, the villain of the first movie and also our villain and protagonist of the second movie, the titular Pearl. So she plays three major roles in these two movies that were filmed at the same time. Um, and I just found out today, doing some research, that she just had a baby in March of this year. What? With Shia LaBeouf. What? They're married and they have a baby. What? I'm so happy. My mind is blown. I just love That's going to be such a cute baby. I know. I'm so happy. Like, I got, I saw a few pictures of, like, like super pregnant Mia Goth, and I was like, oh my god, she's so precious. Oh, I love her. I love her. She is absolutely killing it in these roles. She's a fucking rock star. Yes, she is. Um... So we'll talk about X first, and then we'll talk about Pearl. Um, I'm going to assume most people listening have seen X. So once we start, actually, we'll do a little spoiler-free review of Pearl first, just kind of telling you exactly what we thought. And then once I say spoiler-free is over, if you haven't seen Pearl or X, go watch them. Immediately. And then come back, because I don't want to spoil a bunch of stuff. Um So, like I said, we did see Pearl the other day. I really, really enjoyed it. I loved it. It is so beautiful, and Ty West is amazing. Um, He and Mia Goth co-wrote it together. Um, Which is just, what the fuck? Mia Goth is 
the next fucking it girl. Yeah, I can't believe how lucky we are to have her in horror right now. I want to. I want to see more. I want to see everything. Oh yeah, I mean she's obviously going to be Maxine. I know. There's going to be so a, a ready. sequel to X coming out. I wish it would. I wish it would come out as fast as Pearl. But I know. I know right? They shot those together. I assume that they had to wait a little longer to shoot this one too, since she did have a baby. Right. That's so. that's a very fair point. Hopefully they're shooting like nowish. I don't know. Um, Amazing. She's just great. But yeah, I assume, you know, her helping him co-write it because she really made this character what it is. And, you know, she gives such life to Maxine, but she also gives such a devastating and such a great performance as Pearl in X and also Pearl as a young woman because that's what the movie Pearl is. It's set in 1918 and it's great. Just, it's just the, her emotions, her facial range of emotions mm-hmm. is just incomparable. Yep. Like, I felt everything that she felt the yep. entire time. Absolutely. She's... And it was just, I, there were so many times, like, Casey and I went and saw the movie the other day, and she usually will see it the second time and take notes for me. Like, I'll tell her things to write down for me. And I didn't say much because I even told her, I was like, I'm sorry I'm not saying anything. I am, like, just 100% in this moment. Mm -hmm. And I cannot pull myself out of it. Like, it was so good that I didn't even want to talk about it, you know? You can't pull your eyes off the screen. You really can't. And And the thing is, it is shot so differently than X. And it just shows the amazing range that Ty West has. Because the the fact that he shot these back-to-back, like, at the same time, basically, and they are two... Completely different Completely different horror masterpieces. Yeah. Truly. I'll fight somebody about it. I don't care. No, I agree. Um, I hate comparing movies. I guess if I had to choose my favorite, it might be X, just because it reminds me so much of the movies that... I fell in love with to begin with with horror that very seventies aesthetic Texas Chainsaw very Texas Chainsaw oh, so um, Texas Chainsaw I've seen a lot of people describe Pearl as a horror Wizard of Oz and I feel that is very apt that is very and that's wow. what he was going for he's kind okay. of paying that homage to um, not only um, Wizard of Oz but also uh, like really old fifties um, Disney films and. We'll get into more of that later. Um, Amazing. But yeah, so please go see it. We absolutely love it. Um, we're going to start spoiling things because even while I'm talking about X, I'm going to reference things in Pearl because there are so many things that come back in that movie. And it's really important to make those connections. Yeah. It just, it, it really, like, seeing all those little things, because I've seen X probably ten times now. I've, wa- I've just rewatched it a million times. Um, and just, like, noticing all the little things in Pearl that just make X an even more wonderful movie. Truly. Truly amazing. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into X. Spoilers. So, please go see Pearl. It's so good. You can actually, I think, if I know a lot of people don't like going out to the theater, and there is still a pandemic going on, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but... If you guys don't like going out to the theaters, you can also buy Pearl on Amazon for like 20 bucks right now. So worth it. So worth it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I did with X. I bought it on Amazon Prime, and it's so good. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into X. Like we said, um, 
It's directed and written by Ty West. The first one is. It's got such a stacked cast. I mean, Brittany, Brittany Snow, Snow is so beautiful. And she just plays. Um, so she plays um, Bobby Lynn. And she just plays her so intelligently and like confident and, and feminist yes very and she's like very strong sexually like she plays a sexual woman but she's not like shamed for it like she's very proud of herself and just and she is like all the women in this are portrayed as very very savvy yeah and smart and i uh, i just everybody jenna ortega jenny jenna ortega is in this she is becoming a scre- screen queen of her own right absolutely um, she was obviously in scream i thought she did amazing she her she was the opening scene of the new scream and wow to carry that scene is something else and to be you know we can relate because we have always been kind of horror nerds yes and so like i definitely put myself in her character absolutely because I'm like, what would I do in this situation? What horror movies would I want to talk about? Exactly. So I was like, I love that. It yeah. was very nostalgic for me. Yeah. And, of course, we loved the new Scream. I love yeah. all the Scream movies. 100%. Me too. Um, so, and then, of course, she's the Wednesday in the new Wednesday TV show. Oh, I can't wait. Adam's Family. Um, Kid Cudi is in this. Jackson. He's so, so... First, so beautiful. So... Like, first of all, he's <laughs> so beautiful. But also... Made me hungry. He really does such a good job in this role. Like, I I just really believed him as this, like, very suave 70s guy who, you know, he just, he knows what he's got. And, you he know. He knows how to lay that pipe. Oh. Oh, yeah, he does. I'm, <laughs> this, this movie is very um, titillating. And I like it. Obviously. <laughs> if you haven't seen this and you're still listening to it. Okay, some people out there don't like to watch horror movies. They just like to listen to podcasts, whatever. So the premise of the movie, they're shooting a porno, their own, uh, so that they can make money. It's Bobby Lynn, Maxine. Um, RJ is the director. He's with Maxine. He's played by Martin Henderson. He gives major Matthew McConaughey vibes. Oh, my God. Such Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right. (laughs) He's got the hat. He's, oh, yeah. Um, I know him as the boyfriend slash dad from the original Ring. Oh. Um, which I didn't recognize him the first time I saw him, but yeah, that's what he's from. Uh, and then RJ is the camera guy, and then his girlfriend, of course, is Jenna Ortega, who is, uh, like, carrying the sound equipment. I need to say something. Yep. The fucking camera guy. RJ? He... Looks just like the guy from the Evil Dead remake. Oh, yeah. The guy that got, like, fucking shot with the nails. Yeah. They look the exact same. And I don't think that they are, and that stresses me out. That is so funny. That's, like, last week when I thought that one guy was the Purge guy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that was a tangent, but I had to say it. No, that's fine. (laughs) I don't know any of their names right now. Yeah. And, uh, so... if you've seen the Evil Dead remake, you know what I'm talking about. The guy that had the shit beat out of him before he died. He would not die. I really liked that remake. I loved it. I thought it was really good. It's one of my favorite remakes. Yep. Agreed. Yes. Anyways, moving on. We should do an episode of horror remakes one day. Love. Like, just going over, like, the history of remakes and our favorites and our least favorites. Okay, stay tuned for that, guys. Okay, yeah. Love that. I'm so excited for that. Um, So, yeah, we're going to kind of go through X uh, little by little and... 
I'm going to point out all my favorite things about it. Um, this movie is very, very smart. Um, there are so many little Easter eggs that you can catch. And honestly, I've seen a lot of people that honestly didn't get it. Um, a lot of, you can watch this movie and it's just a fun slasher. It's really fucked up and weird and also hot. Cause I mean, you see Mia Goth and Brittany Snow naked and it's wonderful. And Kit Cuddy. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it's a great movie. Hot. But if you really pay attention, um, Ty West is trying to say something to you about this. And we'll kind of get into that more later toward the end when those themes really start to come up. Um, a lot of themes in this movie about aging and being stuck in your body, um, in an aging body, um, not living the life you want, not being able to thrive in your sexuality anymore. Yes, yeah, sexuality is a huge theme in this movie, and um, who it gets so fucked up. Oh, God. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so we start with like this fake out four by four because um, we're in this barn, and there's this long shot of like a sheriff pulling up. There's this really crazy, bloody scene, and we don't know what happened. And, um, yeah, it just, it really sets the tone immediately. Very Texas Chainsaw-type vibes. Love it. And then we cut to 24 hours earlier, and everything is just so 70s aesthetic. It, yeah. It, it's, it just literally feels like I'm watching Texas Chainsaw. Like, this movie literally could have just been made in the 70s. 70s and but the quality is beautiful like, yes you know absolutely with cameras from today <laughs> right um but i mean the wardrobe they nailed like every fucking detail yes yeah absolutely um we start meeting the characters they so we cut to a uh it's like a strip joint i think yeah um, yeah just like a dance thing and um mia goth is doing coke i love it <laughs> um I'm a fucking oh, one star. Thing, yeah. Um oh one of the first things she says I'm a fucking sex symbol. I'm a fucking sex symbol. I love her. <laughs> I love her accent. I think she's amazing. Oh yeah. Um the sound design of this movie is so good. Um actually I'm gonna look up uh so I wanted to look up who the composers are. Tyler Bates and Chelsea Wolf um were the composers for this movie. And it's just, there's so many creepy-ass fucking sounds. They mixed not only, like, you know, ambient music and scary stuff. They mixed, like, moaning from other scenes in the movie. Yes. And, like, it just, oh, it's so, so well done. I think everybody just came together and did their absolute best fucking work on this movie. Um, 100%. Yeah. It's, stu- it's set in 1979. Um... And it is very, again, very 1979. They, uh, they all go, they all stop at a gas station because they are going out to, they rent this little cabin, um, on this farm and they're headed out there and they stop to get some gas and some food and they're shooting part of the movie. And that's when you get that sense that Bobby Lynn really is just very smart and confident and. I don't know. I just love this fucking movie. I know. Me too. She's I love genius. The character, like, the women are so fucking great. Yes, they're so smart. Um, one of, I love so many quotes in this movie when they're standing there getting um, gas. RJ, or not RJ, sorry. Um, Wayne, who is uh, the um, 
Cowboy. Cowboy guy, Matthew the director. Yeah, the Matthew McConaughey. Uh, <laughs> Wayne. So uh, Wayne asks Bobby Lynn, how's the script? And she says, I don't know. Does it matter? And he says, I don't want to have to wear a hard hat to make a living. Do you? And that's another big thing in this movie. They want to make it big. It's the, it's the changing of the American dream from working hard to wanting that life without having to work fame, hard. Yeah. Wanting the fame, wanting the attention, and wanting to be able to live your life. Like at one point, Bobby Lynn says, my American dream is not unreasonable. I just want a paid-for house with a built-in pool where I can, uh, with my knees in the breeze, and tan these titties. Right. And, you know, I that's loved. all she wants. And a lot of it is all about the American dream. Yeah. Um, it's a simple life, honestly. Yeah. And I don't blame any of them. No. Um, <laughs> there is, so RJ, like we've said, is a, uh, is dating Jenna, Jenna Ortega. She, he's the, uh, camera guy, so he's, like, filming everything. Yeah. And he is such a Ty West stand-in. Like, there are times that RJ will say something, and it is just Ty West talking to the audience. Like, at one point, RJ says, um, RJ and, uh, Oh, what's Jenna Ortega's character's name? Um, they call her Church Mouse. <laughs> um, Lorraine is her name. So Lorraine Church is Mouse. like, I didn't know we were going to be doing this. It's smut. smut. Yeah. And he's like, well, when did you get to be such a prude? And she's like, why, you know, why are we doing this? And he says, because it's possible to make a good, dirty movie. That is literally Ty West looking directly at you and saying, this is what I'm doing. I am making a good, dirty movie. That's hilarious. I love that. I, I didn't love even it. think about that. It's almost like breaking the fourth wall. Um, Amazing. Okay, one thing I have to say. Yes. My absolute favorite part of this entire movie, my favorite thing about the movie, other than Mia Goth, just in general, is that every single person who dies in this movie, their death is foreshadowed by something that happens earlier in the film. Really? I didn't notice this until, like, the third watch, and then I read about it, and I was like, okay, so I, because I noticed a couple of them, and then I read about it and noticed the rest, um, so I'm just gonna go through them, like, as we kind of go, and it is just, this movie's just so fucking smart. I love Ty West. I love, great. Amazing. Um, we get these really cool transitions sometimes where it'll flash to the next scene, but also then flash back to the previous scene and then flash to the next scene. And it's like the old scene is still trying to like stay in there. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. The first time. So as we said, Maxine, or sorry, Mia Goth is playing Maxine as her usual self, like as a 20, you know, something year old woman. And she is also playing Pearl and 80 year old woman in heavy makeup and the first time I watched this movie I did not know I, I didn't know that that was the same person and I watched the entire thing not knowing and it makes hold on I was today years old you were today years old when you realized that Mia Goth you I never what that's why she plays Pearl in the first in the next one Okay, I just blew Jess's mind. That's what makes this movie so fucking smart. All the things about this movie that, like, it is so much about aging and becoming, like, not becoming, becoming the person you didn't think you were going to become. And, like, all the things that Pearl says to Maxine 
are so much more poignant and purposeful and so they hit so hard when you know that that's just Mia Goth in makeup. So yes, she plays Pearl in X and in Pearl. So Jess has some things to think about. So the very first time that Maxine and Pearl see each other in this movie, they are looking at each other through windows. And it is super, like, just metaphorical the way that they set it up. Because, so they see each other through windows. And Pearl, or excuse me, Maxine is outside. Her window is lit up. Like, she is, there's light around her. Her window is open. Pearl is looking down through a closed window. Mm -hmm. And it's very much... You know, Maxine has the, her open life, the rest of her life ahead of her, and Pearl is nearing the end of hers, and she's got this closed, dark window. Yeah. And it's just, just like the way it's shot is just so fucking cool. I can't believe I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. That's okay. It's okay. I, it really, truly blew my mind. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> I mean, it just makes everything you see in the movie just that much more important and I knew she did have a special relationship with Maxine, so I was, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first time I watched this, I went all the way through without realizing, and then I saw the credits roll, and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so, and that's what I'm saying, like, Mia Goth fucking is working her ass off in these movies. Yeah, like, God works hard, and Mia Goth works harder, because she, she did all those roles at yeah. the same time. At the same fucking time. <sighs> all that makeup. Yes. Dude, all those long-ass monologues. Yes. It was probably so emotionally strenuous. Yeah. And she did that for us. I saw it. Give her all the fucking awards. All of them. And uh, I saw her in an interview where she just said, you know, whenever I would start to feel helpless... Or, um, like, it was getting to be too much, I would just channel that into Pearl, into that character, and feed into that character's hopelessness, and, you know, to give herself that raw emotion, and oh, you can just really see it come through. You truly can. Um, so, a lot of the themes that run through both movies, um is the, like, themes of generational differences um, being, like, their thoughts on sex, their thoughts on family and responsibility and how every generation before thinks the generation after is wrong. And we see that first in X with, um, you know, Mia Goth, or Maxine and all of them, and... Pearl and Howard thinking, how dare you flaunt this in front of me, your youth and your sexuality, when we can't have that anymore. And then in Pearl, you get that through Pearl's parents, who are, you know, hard farm life, you know, you take care of the family, you shouldn't want any more than what you have because you have food in a roof. And Pearl wants to get out, she wants more, she wants fame, she wants attention and love. And you know, her mom thinks she's crazy, of course, and it's, I can't say enough good things about these fucking movies. No. I'm probably I've... not going to have very many bad things to say throughout this podcast, honestly. I, I don't, sorry. I don't know. 
I have many. Either. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're if you're not a stan, you're probably not gonna like this episode. Probably not if you like if you don't like having your uh, views challenged. If you don't like having taste. Yeah. I'm just too. <laughs> Half kidding. Anyways. Um. Anyway, so we get some really awesome uh, like shots of them actually making the porn. Super it's just, fun. It's just so cool and. Um, they're shooting the farmer's daughter. That's the name of the the porno that they're shooting. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. And, uh, I just, this is a funny-ass movie, too. It's fucked up, but it's funny as hell. It is really funny. Um, and we get, like, a scene with, uh, Bobby Lynn and Jackson, and then we get a scene with, uh, Maxine and Jackson, and... Pearl is, like, looking in the window at Maxine and Jackson. Oh, my god! Like, staring through. And everyone keeps saying, you know, Maxine's got that X factor. She's, you know, she keeps saying, I'm going to be a fucking star. The yep. whole world's going to, I want the whole world to know my name, like Linda Carter or some shit. Yeah. Tired of never getting what I want. And that comes up a lot in Pearl, too. Oh, my gosh, Tired yeah. of never getting what I want. I want to be a star. Mm-hmm. She just wants to be a star. And, and to be loved. And then she, and you can see in that scene that she does with Jackson, how affected everyone is watching it. Down to even Jenna Ortega's character, who was feeling kind of, you know, above all this for a while. And she's very watching, uncomfortable. She's watching, you know, Mia Goth, and you can see this change in her face, like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, and... Never mind. I almost started talking about Pearl. And in, so, yes. So in that scene, and we can, you know, whatever. Uh, in that scene where Jackson and uh, Maxine are together, Pearl, like, brushes her hair, you know, gets herself prettied up. She puts on the blue eyeshadow. She puts on the pretty dress. And she goes down to talk to, you know, to, to her husband, Howard, and she, like, tries to seduce him, basically, and tries yeah. to, like, get him to, you know, to kiss her and to have sex with her. And he says, you know, I can't, my heart. And it is so fucking sad. It is. Just, like, her, like, when he walks away and she just stands there and looks so broken. And, you know, knowing Pearl's background of, like, she's always been very sexually repressed her entire life. And... You know, knowing that she was, she's like, I was so beautiful. I used to be, you know, she's lost yeah. her youth and now she's lost her husband's, you know, physical love. <laughs> uh, she feels so de- dejected and uh, it's just such a harsh, harsh scene. So then there's the scene that always makes me cry. Um, after they finish filming everything for the day. So um, they're sitting around the... Uh, the living room there, and Jenna Ortega's character, Lorraine, is kind of asking, like, well, how can you guys be with other people and still be, you know, with your partner? How can you watch her have sex with him and you're still with Wayne? And, you know, she says, you can you can choose who you love, but you can't choose who you're attracted to. And it's just, you know, it's just sex. And yeah. she even says, it ain't healthy keeping those feelings locked up inside. And we see that that is very, very true in Pearl because that is what, like, 
sets Pearl off in the beginning when she's a young lady, when she's a young woman in that first movie, that is what sets her off is part of it is her sexual repression and oh, yeah. being so isolated and alone and just wanting to get her fuck on. Yep. And that's, you know, Maxine says, uh, it ain't healthy keeping those feelings locked up inside. Sure isn't. And then Bobby Lynn starts singing. And she does uh, Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. And there are these split screens of, um, it's her singing and Jackson playing the guitar. And then on the other half of this, this the screen, it will be Pearl, like, taking off her makeup <sighs> and, like, putting her hair up and taking off her pretty dress and putting her pajamas on. I cry every fucking time. I'm like tearing up right now because like so sad and thinking about that like knowing pearl's background and also just thinking about you know the thought of aging and being to that point where i don't know like everybody's afraid of that you know yeah. nobody wants to get old nobody wants to get to that point and um, it's just it's so fun I, I literally cry every time i see it yeah and i hate oh. And then, it's so beautiful, though. Like, it's... Oh, it is it is a beautiful it's scene. It's such a beautiful scene. Yeah, it definitely... He knows how to evoke emotion out of you. Um, and then comes one of my other favorite parts, because right after the song ends, Lorraine, to the, to the dead silence of the room, goes, I want to do a scene in the movie. <laughs> and RJ just looks over and he goes, What? I was so pissed at the way he fucking acted towards oh, her. Oh, and that's... The, I was like, you were just calling her a fucking prude. Uh-huh. And that's the thing, like... And, ex- like, part of me is, like... <laughs> part of me Excuse thinks, me. like, yes, at, in a relationship, both parties should be okay with this. Yeah. But the way he talked to her, the way he went about it... That's what I'm saying, bitch. No. He basically pushed her into doing it. Like, right. if he would have set her aside and had a genuine conversation, it never would have happened. Be like, since when are you such a prude? But he, he oh, says... Oh, I'll show you prude. He says, well, you can't. And she says, why not? And he goes, well, it's my movie. And he's just giving her these, you know, stupid excuses. Because he was really shocked that yep. she would do that. Yep. And he says, well, we've already shot half the movie. It can't just change halfway through. And she goes, well, what about Psycho? That, that happened, and it changed halfway through, and you love that movie. Uh, okay, Ty West, just talk directly to us. Right. Because this is about halfway through the movie. <laughs> and this is when that's, when it starts to be my favorite thing, because that is literally the foreshadowing of RJ's death, because RJ's death is the turning point of the movie. Up till this point, it's been a 70s, like, drama, porno, you know what yeah. I mean? And then at that halfway point when RJ, and we'll get to it in a minute, when RJ leaves, he's the first one to die, and it is the turning point of the movie. He is the psycho character, and that's the first, it's just these very little subtle hints that Ty West gives for every, and you're not going to get it on the first way through, but like the third time I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Now I'm, like, watching this trying to recognize Mia Goth in makeup. I can't see her through the makeup most of the time, no. but I can hear her a little yeah. bit. But, like, her portrayal as an older woman, like, 
the way she moves and speaks, I she does such a good job. It's so believable. I really thought that was an older woman. I did too. I thought it was like she wasn't as old and they had her in makeup that made her look older, but I sincerely just thought it was a different person. Yeah. You know. Yeah, sorry to derail. No, no, that's fine. Um so uh Wayne takes RJ outside. He's like, "Well, come out. No, come out here. Let me talk to you about this." Because she's probably serious about this, and if you get mad at her and tell her she can't do it, she's going to do it with a bunch of other people. And RJ goes, um, he goes, he, she's not like those other girls. She is a nice girl. And Wayne goes, what did you say? And one of my favorite lines in the movie, and you can take it two different ways, and I'll tell you which way I take it and why I love it so much. Because Wayne leans in and he goes, oh, I hate to be the one to tell you this. But ain't none of them nice girls. And you can take that one of two ways. The way that I take it, he's saying women are not what you think they are. They're not. I think so, too. They're not a nice girl. There's not, there's no one out there that you, that is a perfect, you know, whatever you think you're thinking in your head. Yeah. Ain't none of them that. They're just people. Because he got offended when he was talking shit about the other women. So I, I don't think that it would have mean that he was, like, meant that he was insulting them in any way. I yeah. totally agree with you. Yeah. And I think he was like, get out of your fucking delusional head. Exactly. And I think, you know, on, you know, first glance or whatever, you could, somebody could hear that as, like, oh, all of them are like this. All of them they are. They were all whores. Yeah, but I really don't think that's what he's saying. <laughs> um, and I just love that line. I really love Wayne. I really, I love his character. I think he's... I love Wayne, too. And that's the thing. Like, these are all slasher victims that you care about. They are all genuinely good people. Like, and we really s- get to know them. Like, you see Wayne defending the women. You see him, like, at one point, Howard starts coughing, and he goes up, and he's like, hey, you okay, old man? And... Yeah. It just... Like, they're genuinely good people. Bobby Lynn tries to help Pearl later on, because she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Genuinely good people that you don't want to die, and I think that is so refreshing in a slasher, because most of the time, and I love my shitty slashers with my terrible teenagers, but every once in a while, I want a movie where I'm both rooting for the villains, because they, because honestly, Pearl is a very sympathetic villain. I don't care what anyone says, especially after seeing this. Um... You know, I, I, but I also want characters that I don't want to die. So I want to be rooting for both sides. I just had a moment kind of looking up at this where, um, Pearl makes a, a move on Mia Goth mm-hmm. and then she's like, shh, it'll be our secret. Mm-hmm. Like Pearl said to the scarecrow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm having these revelations in real time. Yes. Thank you for joining me for this. Yes. And honestly, that makes it better. because It like, truly yeah. does. I'm, I'm like... Ah! Yeah, it, it makes these movies so much more rich. Like, yeah. Just, oh, horror fans are really good this year. It's been fucking Thanksgiving all year long for us. But then, the only part of this movie that, like, truly makes me a little bit uncomfortable... And there are parts of this movie that make other people uncomfortable for the wrong fucking reasons, and I'll explain why later. I already know what you're talking about. I know you I know you know mm-hmm. Jess. But the part that does make me a little uncomfortable is actually um Jenna Ortega's scene. And luckily we don't see her naked, we don't see her actual sex scene. Um, but she gets in her bra and underwear and she is gonna do a scene with Jackson. And like, I, she is, I think, 19 or 20, the actress is, so that's great. But 
for me, having just seen Scream earlier this year, one of the first things I had seen Jenna Ortega in, it was like her high as school. a high schooler, like a junior or a senior in high school. It is kind of uncomfortable. It was just jarring yeah. for me to like, okay, I think I need to readjust my mind and think of her as a woman. But then immediately after seeing this, seeing the fucking, uh, like her as Wednesday Adams, who I think of as a child. Yeah. And it's just like, Hollywood, please pick one because I don't want you over sexualizing this teenager. Yeah, no, that's. Oof. Didn't even think about that. Nice. Yeah, it's. it's oof. So that's when the turning point happens because after, um, you know, they film the scene. RJ's crying in the shower. It's funnier than a, it's a funnier scene than it should be. I laughed. It truly was. And I shouldn't have been laughing. I was laughing too. Yeah. Um, he jumps in the van and he's starting to leave. He says, I'm fucking out of here. I'm out. He's so pissed. Yeah. Which I kind of get it. <laughs> you had to, you had to watch Kid Cudi fuck your girlfriend. Better than you ever could. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so he gets in the van and Don't Fear the Reaper is playing. Oh my god, I love it. Yes. Uh, and that's when he sees Pearl. He gets up to help her. She tries to make a move on him. She, like, tries to kiss him and he goes, why did you do that? Nope. And then, That was the wrong move. And then she stabs him in the neck. <laughs> yeah. He should have not said that. And then she stabs him so many times in the neck that his head comes off. Oh god. That's a brutal scene. And then she starts dancing to Wee oui, Wee oui, Marie, <laughs> which is one of the only songs in Pearl, but it's the original. The one yeah. in X is like a cover. It's really, really good. I love that. Yeah. Um, I I wrote at one point, I want to be Bobby Lynn. I, I just do too. want to be Bobby Lynn. So bad. Um, She's a sexual fucking badass bitch. Right? So now uh, RJ's dead. Yep. So then uh, Lorraine wakes up, realizes RJ's gone. She goes out looking for him. It's a mistake. Yep. And then Wayne gets up and helps her. Yep. And Wayne goes in the barn. Oh, God. Oh, the pitchfork. Right in the eyes. Shit. And there is a line from earlier in the movie where he, where Wayne goes... People's eyes are going to pop out of their skulls when they oh see this. Oh, my gosh. And that's, you literally watch his eyes, eyeballs come out of his skull. That's, it's just so funny because Pearl kills someone that way. Yep. In Pearl. Yep. She, and then she, like, comes back in the, like, she walks in the barn and she does, like, the, like, slowest, gentlest double tap. Just, like, barely sticks him in the chest and then puts some hay on top of him. Yeah. Like, that'll fix everything, Pearl. Yep. No one will know. Good job. <laughs> And then Howard finds uh, Lorraine, Jenny or- Jenna Ortega. He puts her in the basement. Oh, my God, yeah, he locked her in the basement. Oh, and that's when they find that, like, corpse of a sex slave guy. Oh, my God. He's, like, naked and chained to the wall. Oh, my wall. God. Uh, so, I totally... Ooh. So this is when you realize, like... Shit is not okay. Yeah, and they're not, like, murdering these people because... They are, like, they're mad at them for having sex. They're murdering them because Pearl wants in on it. You know what I mean? Like, she's mad, She and she wants to be, you know, a part of it. Yeah. That's what she's mad about. She just yeah. wants a sex fucking fuck buddy. She just wants someone to fuck her, honestly. She doesn't even care who at this point. She really doesn't. 
But guy, she girl. like blondes. Yeah. And we learn in Pearl why she doesn't like blondes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, that is so. I'm. I'm. I just made that connection too. I'm having a great time. Yep. <laughs> uh, then um, we see. So Wayne is now dead too. Jenna Ortega is in the uh, basement. And then Jackson wakes up because he hears some stuff going on. And he tells Bobby Lane, go go back to bed. And he gets up and he sees Howard. And Howard's like, oh, I can't find my wife. I think she's gone missing. And Jackson is immediately like, well, let me come help you. And there's this wide shot of him. And (laughs) Kid Cuddy has this fucking monster dong hanging between I know. Like the silhouette of a baby's arm like oh my god it's hilarious he's like let me go put some pants on <laughs> this movie is so intentionally it is funny. it's so fucking good uh, um so then he goes out and helps howard look for pearl even though of course howard knows um and then do you remember how jackson dies the shotgun mm-hmm. yeah Yep, because it was it was a bonding they had over being in the military. And he said, "I've had enough old farmers trying to shoot me for one lifetime." Ty <laughs> uh, West, how dare you? What a fucking genius! I know, because then, um, <laughs> so Pearl crawls into bed with Maxine, and she's like touching her, and oh like there's God. blood on her hands. And Maxine wakes up to her in her bed, and she just screams. Oh, it's so scary. That old woman's in my bed touching me. Oh, I love her accent so much. And me Mia too. Goth is British. I did not know that. Super fucking British. She does an amazing Southern accent. I know. I saw the pre- like a, a interview with her, and I was like, that's not real. And her voice is like really does sound like that. It's very like high pitched and soft and squeaky, but she's British. Oh my god. I love her. Amazing. So then Bobby Lynn wakes up and she sees naked Pearl <laughs> covered in blood running out. And she assumes the poor woman needs help. Yeah. And she goes down by the dock. And we had seen <sighs> earlier in a scene where Mia Goth was floating in the lake that there was the gator. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we find out in Pearl is kind of a pet of yeah. pearls. Yeah, they're kind of friends. Yeah, they're kind of friends. It's so. the only animal she is friends with. The one that eats people. That's true. Every All the other animals kind of shy away from her, even her audience. That's true. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And then she kills that poor goose. But, I mean, yeah. it's, it's nature. she got to feed that croc. She's got to feed the croc, otherwise so. I won't listen to her anymore. Yep. So, um, they go down by the dock, and uh, she pushes Bobby Lynn in, and Bobby Lynn gets eaten by... The gator, not a, we're using them interchangeably, and they are not the same thing. It is an alligator. Um, so she gets eaten by the alligator, and one of the so at the very beginning of the movie, when they walk out of their um, like building or whatever where they, the girls had been dancing, um, there is a huge mural on the side or on the front of the building. Where it's basically a cartoon version of Bobby Lynn, and there's an alligator grabbing her underwear and like pulling it back, and it's like this big mural. Shut up. Yeah, I never noticed that. Yep, and so that's her. Oh and my that's god! Her, okay, like, foreshadowing. Of oh her my death. god. <laughs> so now Bobby Lynn's dead, and that sucks because she was one of my favorites. 
I was um, devastated. And that's what, yeah, I know. And that's when Howard comes down and he's like, was that the one you wanted? And she says, no, you know I don't like blondes. <laughs> and, uh, cause she, of course, wants Maxine this whole time. She just wants Maxine. She says she's got something, she's got that something special like I used to have. And at one point they're sitting on the bed that Maxine is under and she's telling him, she's like, tell me I'm special. Like she's talking about, uh, Pearl is talking to Howard and it's such a fucking, like, such a sad scene of her saying, you know, tell me I'm special, because, you know, love me like you used to. And he says, you were the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And she says, not anymore. And he says, always. And they just, like, even knowing, like, the end of Pearl, I really, like, he really, I think, just really loves her. Like, Truly. flaws and all. And yeah, I mean, you learned so much in Pearl, and even, like, the scene he walks in and sees the chaos that is his yeah. life, and he stays. Yeah, and I have theories about why, um, and a big one is I, I think he just really, truly loves her. Hannibal. And he probably Please has don't. so much PTSD from being in the war. Oh, my God, That, yeah. like, maybe, like, other social interactions other than what he's comfortable with yeah. probably could really set him off, so. That, and he knows Pearl needs to stay pretty isolated on that farm. Yeah. He says, I can keep her away from most people right. and keep somebody safe. Right. Um, but we'll get more into that, obviously. So Maxine is under the bed, and this is the part that everyone gets wrong. So Maxine, can, or sorry, Pearl convinces Howard to have sex with her, and she's like, no, it'll be okay. I promise it'll be fine. Your heart can handle it, I swear. And you get a little sex scene between the two of them, and everyone is always like, this is the part that disturbed me. This is the part I didn't like. I thought this part was a little weird and gross. And I'm, like, sitting there screaming at the these, like, mostly comments on Facebook, screaming at my phone, saying, you don't understand. That's literally what Ty West is trying to tell you with this movie. That you, that everyone's view of sexuality is so skewed and so like even if you think you're right about whatever you know why is it that these scenes with Kid Cudi and Mia Goth are titillating and exciting and totally you know awesome everyone loves this movie for all the tits and ass and why is it that these two people who are a married couple why is that the disturbing part it's because they're old that people people are uncomfortable with that people think that after you're like 50 years old you're just supposed to never be naked or yeah, that you think about sex and like you're like st- I get it you don't want to think of your grandparents in that way but that doesn't mean that you can yeah. take that away from other people absolutely it and it's just, just I totally agree with you it's it's totally ageism absolutely that's and that's a huge part of the movie that like a lot of people just overlooked that you're supposed to realize and think to yourself no this is this isn't any different. Isn't even if it's not a person I'm attracted to, because like a lot of people are going to be attracted to me, a goth. Yeah. Even if it's not something that I personally am attracted to, why am I weirded out by it? It's right. supposed to make you think that. And so many people were just like, oh, whatever. It's like, no, Ty West gross. is. It's like, no, it was purposeful. Yes, Ty West is trying to shake you by the shoulders and say, no, this is what you're supposed to think about. These are still human beings, these are still people. Even once you get to a certain age, you're still a person. You still deserve autonomy and independence and to be a sexual being. We are sexual beings. We're 
humans. That's just Absolutely. How, you know, that's how it, it is. Yeah. And, um, so then Maxine goes back to the house. She lets Jenna Ortega out. And Jenna Ortega says, I hate you all so much. <laughs> she runs out the door and gets shot by a shotgun. It was crazy. And throughout the movie, she is holding a shotgun mic or a boom mic. Oh my god. This movie's too smart. I hate Holy it. Holy shit. My mind is blown. And then directly after, so Howard shoots her, starts to bring her inside, because he says, oh, if she's inside, it's self-defense. Yeah. And, like, Jenna Ortega gives, like, a little death spasm kind of thing, and she, like, gurgles, and it gives Howard a heart attack. And earlier in the movie, Wayne says, we wouldn't want to give the poor guy a heart attack, now would we? He's got a bad heart. And the heart. whole time he's telling, he's saying, you know, my heart, my heart can't handle it. The sex was fine. It was the dead girl choking next to you that scared the hell out of you. <laughs> Goodbye, Howard. Goodbye, Howard. And then when fucking um, Pearl tries to shoot Maxine with the shotgun, she gets blasted back and breaks her hip. <laughs> and did Howard, or did Howard not say earlier in the movie, I'm afraid she might have fallen and broken her hip? I can't. I can't with this movie. I'm leaving. <laughs> Why is it so smart? And I did not catch all of those myself. I caught a few of them, like, uh, especially Wayne's line, I think is the most obvious. Eyes are going to pop out of their skulls when they see this. Uh, and I noticed a couple of them, and then I went and looked it up, and I realized it was, like, all of them. And I was like, oh, my God. I was trying to figure that out in Pearl, but I haven't seen it enough times yeah. to know that if they do the same kind of thing, I'm excited to see. Yes, that's amazing. I... I just, the whole thing. Yeah. I loved this movie. I loved, you know, Maxine kind of getting the fuck out of there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, she, she was born to be a final girl. Oh, absolutely. And she leaves, and we get the reveal that, you know, this whole time we've been seeing these scenes of this preacher guy, um, you know, talking about Satan and Satan's powers and you know, these sexual deviants, and then we realize that the guy that's been talking the whole time is actually Maxine's dad. And yeah. he, like, does the reveal at the end of, like, her face. It's just a crazy-ass fucking movie. The it last line is. of the movie is a total fucking fourth wall break because the one of the cops finds the videotape, which, of course, we know is of the porno, but they don't know what's on it, and he says, Sheriff, what do you reckon's on it? And Sheriff goes, well, by the looks of everything... I'd say one goddamn fucked up horror picture. I love Smash it. Smash the credits. I love it. Why is it so good? Okay, so I know we've been talking for a long time, but now we're going to talk about Pearl. Yes. And we've talked about some things, but we're going to kind of go through it a little bit. Um, and uh, it's just so fucking good, you guys. Everything Truly. connects so fucking well. It opens with the same scene in the, like, you're in the barn, just like you were at the beginning of X. Yes. But it's got these, this beautiful 50s font where it just says Pearl, written by Ty West. And, and the lighting is like you're in, like, a gorgeous meadow. Like, the music, it's so calming. And, and that's what's so fucked up is because you know that this movie is about to totally wreck the entire feeling of comfort that this opening scene provided yes. for you. And everything in the movie, all the, everything is so technicolor and bright. Everything is it's so bright. It's gorgeous. It's like Wizard of Oz, but like with so much blood. Yeah. Um, I do want to look up really quick the costume designer for this movie because, I mean, all of Pearl's outfits are just 
just so fucking good. I loved all of, you know, the costume designing. Her overalls. Her little yes. Rosie the Riveter look. Yes. I'm done. Uh, Malgosia Tersanska. I'm sure I've mispronounced that, but wow, what an incredible incredible person yeah because yeah just like her dresses and And the ones she like steals from her mom yes she's so great truly Um, the mom speaks german i kind of forgot after the first time i watched this that half this movie is in in german yeah because everything the mom says is she doesn't speak really any english yeah um or she refuses to and it's obviously during the war um and the father is i assume like he had a stroke or something or got because the flu is going around. Um, yeah. Spanish influenza, I assume. With yeah, I think it, it paralyzed him. Um, so, yeah, so he's, like, completely paralyzed, so they have to do everything for him. And the mom, you can just, like, her first scene, she's just harsh and very, like, she fucking Stoic. hates Pearl. Yeah, she hates Pearl. You don't really know why, but she absolutely hates Pearl, and she's just, go downstairs, do what you said you were going to do. I told you not to wear my dresses. She's very stern, very just harsh and cold very cold yeah and i mean she does later i understand why she is and she becomes more of a sympathetic character once you realize what she's gone through but yeah. like wow she's such a bitch i i yeah i said that to case because like the mom hates her at one point i wrote i think pearl loves her animals but i don't think she does i think she only I, loves the gator yeah like i thought the cow and everything i was like she loves the cow and i was like i don't know if she loves the cow the cow is so freaking cute the cow's so cute so cute oh and then she starts dancing for the animals and the goose walks in and i love the way she goes what are you doing here mr goose and just the way she says goose is so freaking cute and then fucking stabs him with a pitchfork yeah, and does. feeds him to the goddamn gator. Yeah, but I love the when the gator jumps up and it like just smashes to the title card. I loved it so goddamn it's much. It's so over the top, and that's what I love about it because it's so different from X in that it's like you're in a fucking fantasy world. Like you are just it's this over the top heightened reality, and you can tell by how fucking colorful everything is. Yeah, like that barn. I've never seen a more red barn in my life. No. It's so beautiful. It, it, truly. And she has the cutest smile on her face when she calls. Does she call her Vita or something when she calls for the gator and she just does her little Oh my smile. god. It's so cute. I love her. I do too. Um, so we find out it's um, 1918. The mom like catches her dancing and is like yelling at her for wanting to be a dancer. Because there's so much work to do on the farm. Yada, Your dad yada. needs taken care of. and She seems very bossy, but I can just tell that she's resentful. Yeah, she wants, and she wants Pearl to be the dad's nurse. Yeah. You know? She's like, I cook, I clean, you do this. She reads her letter from Howard. That's like one of the first, we, Howard's not really a character in this movie. <laughs> um... But we get this letter from her, and it really is just this love letter of him saying, I miss you, you know, love you forever and always. And she really does love Howard. I really think she does. I really believe, you know, even after the events of the movie, through everything she does throughout it, I think she's angry at him and resents him for leaving her and for wanting to be on the farm when he gets back because she wants to leave. Absolutely. But she loves him. She really does. Yeah. And, um, she, there are, like, a couple scenes where she, like, envisions him coming back. 
And yeah. Like, a couple of them are really sweet, but one of them, he explodes. Yeah. And she crushes that egg in her hand, that Oof. gator egg. It's so fucked. so fucked. She is crazy, man. She, she gets so it was so... Oh my god. Yeah, this, this movie is really intense. Yes. And there's so many... It's so crazy that, like, it being 1918 and the, you know, this pandemic going on. Yeah. How much it really mirrors a couple of years ago and even today. Because she, like, you know, at one point Mia Goth has to go into town to get medicine for her father. And right. The mom says, cover your face. And she's got, like, a face mask on. And it was so crazy it's just it's weird it's like oh god this is it's crazy that we were right back here almost you know 100 years, a little over 100 years later she, oh yeah so she was at the move oh she went to get medicine yeah and it's so funny because the bike she's riding into town is literally i think the exact same bike that dorothy has in the wizard oh my god you're so right i was like oh my god our little dorothy bike i can just like i knew the scenes looked familiar like this all makes so much i can just picture a tornado it is yeah it is a dark wizard of oz that's amazing and i mean yeah ty west definitely said that that was a big influence for this i love it (laughs) so she goes um oh my god the uh medicine she gets her for that was morphine sulfate yeah, what Man, the fuck? Medicine back then was fucked. Yeah. And then, and then when she's in the theater, she takes a swig of it. Yeah, she uh, takes what's left of the money from the medicine to go see a picture show. Palace Follies, I think it's, is the name of it. She yeah. loved to dance. Yes. She wanted to be a dancer more than anything. And so she likes to go see the pictures with yeah. the dancers. Yeah, so she likes to go see the dancers, and so she... She took that money, and you see her in the theater. And this is what I love about Mia Goth, is she was wearing a mask the entire time, but you could see the joy in her eyes. Her eyes were glowing. You could see, even under this giant mask, that she was elated with everything that was yes. happening in yeah. this picture. Her eyes. It, they so said everything. Yeah. yeah. It was it was amazing. Yeah. It's just so refreshing. Yes. Like I can't tell you the last time I remember... Somebody having, like, that kind of facial range, Mm -hmm. and it's just really amazing to see. Yeah. I can't wait to see her, like I said, in everything. Yes. I can't wait until she does all kinds of stuff. Um, She uh, goes out to the alley, and that's when she meets the projectionist, and boy, is he hot. Hot. The mustache. Yeah. (sighs) He's really sexy. He's very charming. Yeah, and he is very charming. Mm -hmm. Um, He likey pearl. Um, he offers her a cigarette and he goes, oh, come on, I don't have a bug. And that's, like, such a big thing in this movie. And that's, like, part of what, you know, motivates Pearl and causes Pearl to become this, um, you know, all this murderous, crazy person. You know, part of it is her isolation on the farm. Not only does her mother try to isolate her from everyone by giving her all these chores and not wanting her to leave, but the pandemic itself isolates her from everybody. Like, at one point... Howard's mom and sister come to visit and they haven't seen him in, you know, weeks. They haven't seen anybody in weeks. And it's, that's one of those things that drives her to this madness where she doesn't get any love or any attention or anything. And she doesn't get it from her mother because her mother, like you said, is so cold towards her. She doesn't get it from her father she even because like he looks, cannot physically give that to her. She even looks at him at one point and says, are you even in there still? You know, it is one of those things that you're like, are you even, 
is that even still you in there? Yeah. He can't do anything? What kind of life is that, you know? Yeah. It's, she sees him as, like, a vegetable, which she kind of is at that point, unfortunately. It's so sad. It is. Um, so, obviously, this uh, projectionist guy, which I looked up the uh, IMDb. I don't think he's ever given a name. I think he's just the projectionist guy. That's what he's billed as. I kind of love that. I kind of like it. She doesn't care what his fucking name is. No. Um, He was supposed to take her to Europe. Yep. And he gives her, it's such a sweet little scene because he gives her one frame out of the movie. Yeah. And I think it's just like so she can take, you know, it's just very cute. She can take it home. And she's on her way. She's riding back. And she is, that is a horny ride home. You know? Truly. She is just, she cannot stop thinking about this guy. And, like, she loses her little frame and she goes into this cornfield. She forgets about it real fast. When she sees the scarecrow. The scarecrow. He's sexy. Y'all, gonna just cut to it. She fucking plops that scarecrow down on the ground. She mounts it and she fucks it. She does fuck the scarecrow. She fucks the scarecrow. (laughs) The funniest part of the movie to me is she like she's dancing with it and then she starts kissing it and when she pulls back she sees the projectionist guy's face and she drops the scarecrow and she screams at it. She goes, I'm married! I'm married! (laughs) And then she gets on top of it and she says, shh, it'll be our little secret. Like in Pearl or like in X. Yes. <sighs> and uh, yeah, she fucks that scarecrow for sure. And it was weirdly hot. Hot? Yeah. <laughs> like Question weirdly kind of like, okay, I could almost get into this because it's Mia Goth. Right. And uh, there's like a scare, a bird scare that got me both times I watched this. Because like, <laughs> she's like walking, it's really quiet, and this like bird like, ah! Oh, every time. I just really think about that freaking... <laughs> she is so fucking crazy, man. She, she truly is. That shit fucking crazy. Um, at one point I wrote down, does the mom even do anything for the dad? Because she directs the daughter to do to everything. To do everything. She says, don't let him sit in his filth, because she just got back from town. It's like, you don't let him sit in it. Right. Fuck you. No, and she... And in health, bitch. She cleans and she cooks, so therefore she doesn't have to do anything else. Yep, and that's another thing that brings up the same kind of themes in X, that generational trauma and generational differences of, you know, her mom thinks that she should be only dedicated to the family, she should do everything for her mother and father, she should do everything for the farm and not want anything else. She's got food and she's got a roof and that's all that's you should it. ever want. Yeah. And then in X, you know, they're thinking it's that uh, you shouldn't want to you know you're not allowed to be famous you're not allowed to be this sexual independent you know thing and it's just so good truly the mom like takes dinner away at one point because she didn't she lied to her about like oh yeah she said she got some candy on the way home oh yeah she's like you ate the candy that was your dinner just the whole thing her mom was a lot (laughs) yep um, and then that's when the sister, Howard's sister and mom come over. Mitzi, that's when we meet Mitzi. She's the sister. And you t- can tell all the, right away, Howard's family's rich. Because they grow Rich. Up, they come up in a fucking car, first of all. They have a car. They brought this bitch a hog. Yeah, they brought him a whole pig and said they got three more to drop off. And, like, Mitzi's wearing this, like, fur. Like, you can tell this family's very well off. Yeah. Um, and this is when we find out 
part of the reason that Pearl resents Howard so much because, um, you know, Mitzi says, well, you know, we had a doctor willing to say that he wasn't eligible to be in the war, but his pride took over and he was drafted. Yeah. He could have gotten out of it, but he went anyway. And with his wealth, she knew that she would have a better chance at that lifestyle that she wanted. Yeah. And that's, you know... It could be argued that, like, does Pearl actually love him? Does she just want that life? And, yes, I think she does want that life. I think that's a part of it. But I think, like, by the end of the movie, she realizes, no, I love Howard. No one's going to love me like that. Everyone else is going to be afraid of me and hate me. And if all I have is Howard and nothing else in this world, that's enough. And that's part of her monologue later that we'll talk about that's so good. She says... You know, I could love you. We could love each other. That could be enough. And that monologue. It's so beautiful. (laughs) She's so good. I love her. It's haunting. It really is. Um, And then that's when Mitzi tells her about the dance audition. And that's like the inciting incident for everything that happens. Yeah. You know? Basically. Because she, um, first of all, I think the mom's really sweet. Like the um, Howard's mom for like. Just getting bored and making all these people pigs. Yeah. Because I thought it was really... And the mom is so prideful because she didn't want to take it. Mm -hmm. She left it on the... She left it on the front porch. Yep. And she, uh... It rots and it's... It's... It basically is... You can watch the pig rot in the same fucking way that her family is decaying. Like, they basically decay at the exact same fucking rate. And then they're both just rotted dead nothings at the end. Truly. So she sneaks out to go uh, see the projectionist guy. She steals another mm-hmm. one of her mom's dresses. She's sneaking out for some dick. 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 Yeah, she had an appointment. But she actually, they didn't fuck that night. Um, but he does show her a porno. Yeah. It's... 1918-style porno. And she's like, is this legal? <laughs> uh, doing it? No. Filming it? Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and, He's so uh, hot. Yeah, he is so hot. I wrote that, uh, wrote down the line because he says people would give an arm and a leg to see this, and I thought that was going to come back in later, but I don't know if it does for him. No, it does for Mitzi, but she gets chopped up into pieces. Spoiler alert. Justice for Mitzi. Um, yeah, the sexual tension between them is thick. 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 Um,. She freaking, so the next day she rolls her dad out to the freaking dock, and we all know that that fucking gator gator is right there, and the mom comes up, she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, um, (laughs) talking to Papa. (laughs) That Um, gator popped underwater real quick. That's a smart-ass gator. Hell yeah, it is. That's when she finds one of its eggs, and she, like, smushes it in her hands. Yeah. Oh, and when the mom comes out there, she literally looks at her mom and she goes, why do you hate me, mama? And, yeah, her mom fucking hates her. 100%. She really hates her. Oh, and then the mom finds out she goes to the, she went to the movies, and she says, take your food and go out into the barn um, until we know you're not sick. And that's when the big fight starts, because they start yelling at each other, and um, she's, you know, the mom's telling her, I know you wish we were just dead, why are you so ungrateful, why do you think? so beneath you and next or not next Eve Pearl looks at her just goes I don't want to end up like you is all oof Ooh, you could not say something worse to your mother no 
Grab a claw or something from the fridge. Sit. <laughs> my bitch came ready. Uh, will you grab me a claw? Yeah, absolutely. Lexi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> um, so they're like arguing at the dinner table, and uh, she's like, the mom's like screaming at Pearl, like, "You're sick." Nobody, you know, everyone's going to be scared of you. They're all going to see it. They're all going to be scared of you like I am. And I wrote down, you think maybe she's like that because you're such a bitch all the time? I mean... You think maybe you drove your daughter to be crazy by being such a fucking crazy bitch? Yeah, she's a crazy bitch, but that doesn't... Does that justify someone stabbing a goose and feeding it to a gator? (laughs) The gator needed to eat. The gator? Is a goddamn alpha predator. Hold the on, gator should be fine. Hold on, hold on, Jess. You are more upset about the goose than all the other murders she does. Hold on. Because Mitzi didn't deserve that shit. I already said justice for Mitzi. Don't you try to make it seem like I don't care about Mitzi. Mitzi deserved better. She did. Mitzi was a good friend. She was a really good friend. It's not her fault that she was blonde and that's what they wanted plus her dress was so pretty i really loved mitzi's dress at the end yeah with her little like tiny little shawl thing she anyways we'll get there we'll get there so um the first murder which i was very surprised about um is uh her mom which is almost completely by accident yeah she doesn't really mean to kill her like she like pushes them on back and she catches on fire it was very hereditary yes you know like it was like Oof. Oh, she went up in flames. And yes. then, and then uh, she takes a boiling pot of water. This bitch took the k- pot of boiling water with corn in it to put out her mom. That's the as if she had. doesn't have fucking third degree burns. Listen. Like, let's just throw some hot water on your wound. It's better than just letting her burn. I guess. I don't really know. I don't know. I th- I don't know. But then she fucking threw her down the stairs. Yeah, then she just tossed her on down. She said, yeet. She said, listen, you're the basement's problem now. Thump, thump, thump. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking stupid. And she leaves the dad there? No. Yeah, she leaves the dad in place, um, just at the dinner table with his... They shouldn't be funny, and we should not have laughed, but his <laughs> eyes are so scared. Like, he's looking at her like, oh my god, I'm terrified. And he, me and Jess were cracking them. I out. felt so bad, but I was dying laughing in the theater. Because he's just looking at her like, oh god, oh god. You're oh just, god. I'm next, and I can't move. Um, so she fucked up. So this is when she goes, and she actually fucks the projectionist guy. Like, they uh, Yep. And she, the next day she wakes up, and she's like, do you still think I'm pretty? He's like, not much has changed in the last 24 hours, blah, 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 blah. She goes, yes, it has. Oh, my God, that was so funny. She is too fucking funny. But he's starting to, like, like have Super. conversations with her, and then he's, he, the the moment that he freaked out was she made a comment about how she wished her parents were just dead already? Yeah, well, yeah, she said that at one point. She was like, sometimes I wish they'd just die. And he, he said, said, what? She said, nothing. Pardon me? And then, uh, yeah, so he, like, drives her back home, and he sees this crazy dinner scene, basically, where all this food's all over, and she's like, oh, yeah, that noise downstairs, that's my dog, he, he made a mess, so I put him downstairs. And then later, they're in the barn, he's like, what's your dog's name? And she's like, I don't have a dog. She goes, we don't have a dog. (laughs) He goes, I thought you said, she's like, oh, well, 
Yeah. <laughs> she just... <laughs> and then he's like, I okay, uh, uh, I'm out. Yeah, and he's like, ooh, <laughs> look at the time. He literally looks at his watch and is like, mm, I gotta get out of here. And she goes, well, what did I do? And he, at one point, she, he like, he, he says, he goes, what's the matter with you? And she goes, nothing. So much, dude. So much is the matter with you. And, um, so yeah, he starts trying to leave and he's like, you're scaring me. And she, I thought you like me! I thought you like me! And she, like, he gets his guard, she stabs him with the fucking pitchfork. And his car starts rolling forward. And she runs, chases she, after and it. And she goes, no one's gonna keep me here. Not you. Not mama. Not Howard. Nobody. And she fucking rips him out of the car. And stabs him again. And just like, leaves the pitchfork in him. Like, like he's laying on the ground. She stabs him through the eyes and leaves the pitchfork. It's fucked up. And like the way she like stomps away, like throwing a tantrum. It's so fucking funny. I'm sorry. It truly, it truly is. Yeah. Ugh. And then she puts on my favorite dress, the red dress, the one that you, like, see in the previews I love that. Yes. And, um, like, there's literally some Wizard of Oz music going on in the background when she, (laughs) when she goes to her dance audition, um, and Mitzi's talking to her and she says, you're a good friend. And you can see, like, Pearl gets, like, really, like, like, she, like, really cares that Mitzi says that. Because she goes, she says, really, you think so? And, uh, so then Pearl goes first, and she dances her little heart out. And it was not good. They did not like it. <laughs> well, they said she's a fine dancer, but that's not what they're looking for. They want, they want someone, someone blonde. Blonder. And if you know X, you know I don't like blondes. Right. <laughs> no wonder she's still pissed about that fucking audition. Well, she freaked the fuck out. I wrote down, I fully expect her to get this part. Oh, no. <laughs> right. It couldn't have ended that well. No, no. Um, She fucking loses her mind. Yeah, they go, no, and she goes, pardon? Like, she's freaking out on stage. She's screaming, I'm a star, I'm a star. And they're like, next! Yeah. (laughs) It was was sad. And then the judges turn into, like, her dead parents. Oh my god, it's fucked. Oh, it's so fucking crazy. And that poor lady who has to pull every crying girl off stage... Just be like, come on, dear. Come, come on, on, sweetie. It's okay. I know you got rejected. Don't kill yourself. This is a church yeah. fucking dance show, guys. It's not that big of a deal. And, oh, my God. But Pearl is screaming. She's so distraught. Oh, my God. And she's that crying behind she... the church for hours. Yeah. And she, like, because she, she's burned all the bridges, she fucked everything up at home. What's she supposed yeah. to do? Oh, so good. We love a snotty bitch. Oh my god, I love a snotty bitch. I, I wrote, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you did. That's my one note that I wrote myself is yes. when you were in the bathroom, I wrote, yes. we love a snotty bitch. <laughs> and that's when we get her amazing fucking monologue scene. It is seven <sighs> minutes, part of it's broken, but like at least four minutes of it are unbroken. Just one shot on Mia Goth's face of her going through this monologue. You know, talking about how she resents Howard for leaving her. She just wants to get the fuck out of here. She admits everything she's done. She says she regrets killing her daddy because he didn't deserve that. Because she suffocates her father before she goes to her dance audition. And they, like, she was pregnant, right? And she admits she was pregnant at one point. And yeah. And the baby died. And she, and she was, was happy she that was it happy. died. She's like, I don't, I can't be a mother. And, you know, she's, you can see her character working through her emotions in this scene because she starts off and she's like, I hate you. I want to get out of here. And then by the end of the speech, she's saying, 
you know, I could love you. I could love you. I can forgive. That would be enough. You know, yeah. me and you on this farm, as long as I have you. And she says, you know, if you really meant all that till death do us part and stuff. And God, she is so fucking incredible in this scene. Just these pure raw emotions that it's it's a devastating fucking scene. And Mitzi's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, she point. is fucking crazy. Yeah, and you, like, she cuts back, every once in a while it'll cut back to Mitzi's face, and she's like, oh, fuck. Because at one point, uh, Matt, or Pearl says, I hate you so much for leaving me here sometimes, I hope you die. And she's like, maybe I should go, and before she even got the rest of the sentence out, Pearl went right back. Right back into whatever she was <laughs> saying, and I just wrote, God, this... This monologue's amazing. It was. And then Mitzi's finally like, okay, I think I should go now. And Pearl's like, I'm, I'm happy for you for getting the role. And Mitzi's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I know you I know you got the part. I'm happy for you. It's okay. You don't have to lie to me. She, like, convinces her to admit it. Yeah. And then the second Mitzi says, okay, well, yeah, it should be really fun. I'm excited. Pearl goes, you always get what you want. That was so fucked up. It was so fucked up. Because then, like, because she didn't get the role, and then she got got. I think she did get the role. You think she did? I think she did. Why would she say she didn't? So that Pearl wouldn't get her feelings hurt, because she knows how upset Pearl is about it. I don't know. That's a good question. That is a good question. Um, What do you guys think? What do y'all think? So Either way. (laughs) Mitzi almost gets away. She starts to walk out. Mitzi takes her little biscuit and is moving at like two miles an hour bitch you need to go faster yeah you do you heard all that and she, she admitted like, to killing her family she like bitch you need to take those little shit kickers and move it move because she walks out and she's only a few steps away from the porch and pearl slowly walks out and meanders over to this fucking uh axe and just starts fucking going after uh Mitzi with it. And, and she, of course her shit kickers break and this bitch falls. Oh yeah. And she chops her up into fucking pieces. There's these like kaleidoscope shots in technicolor of her just chopping this poor woman up. It is. It's really sad. I love Mitzi. Yep. I really, yeah. It's really sad. But also I'm Team Pearl so I don't really care. Uh, I love middle of the day gore. I will take bright middle of the day gore anytime. I love it. She sets up a very nice Texas chainsaw dinner. With um, her dead fucking parents. And rotting meat all over the table. That pig Um, is still on the front porch decaying. Pearl, you finally hear Mia God speak German to her mother at the end. Because she, like, pictures her mother alive singing to her. And it's kind of a sweet scene. Because you can tell she does miss her parents. You know, even though they kind of sucked. Sweet. Well, when the mom's singing to her in German, she's, like, singing her a lullaby. Whatever. And then Babyface Howard comes home. <laughs> and she goes, I'm so happy you're home. And he sees this whole scene. And then I'm sure if you've seen any of the trailers, you've seen her with this smile on her face. And she holds that smile for three straight minutes during the credits. And she just starts crying. And you can, like, see her struggling to keep her face, like, smile. And there's just tears pouring down her face. And, oh, it's so painful to watch. She's so good. It's so good. How dare she be so fucking good? So how Howard's... dare these movies be so fucking good? Yeah, so Howard sees this shit, and clearly he sticks around. Yeah. 
But we um, we stuck around for after the credits mm-hmm. and watched her hold the face for the entire time. Yeah. And we got the we got to see the little Maxine teaser. Mm-hmm. And I am Very so 80s. fucking stoked. Yes, it'll be a, a sequel to X. That's you know after the events of. Uh, I want to see what this bitch gets herself into. Yes, I cannot wait. It's she's a fucking star. Um, Crush it. And I know we've missed a lot of stuff, but it's just these movies are so rich and thematic, and they just complement each other so fucking well. You have to watch them. You have to watch them for yourself. Yeah, like we couldn't even touch the surface of how amazing we think these movies are. Seriously, I I could talk about both of them for hours and hours on end. Yeah, but we got shit to do. Yeah, we do got shit to do. Um, it's just they're both very beautiful movies, and I'm so fucking grateful as a horror fan right now, because wow, so much The good. genre is lit. It is litty titties. Yes. So, um, future for Deepers Creepers, um, after this comes out the next week, we should be doing an episode with our good friend Zach. Yes. Who, it's gonna be the funniest episode, y'all have to come around for that one. 100%. Um, he chose uh, Taking of Deborah Logan, which is one of his all-time favorites. Neither me nor Jess have seen it. Super excited to watch We're it. We're so excited to watch it and cover it with him. It's going to be a blast. Um, and we're going to just try to really come out with as much content as we can can for Spooky Season. Cause yeah, some little bonus episodes. Yeah. We, little games. Yeah. It's, it's been a blast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so tonight, the night we're recording, is the Lovecraft Carnival, and we need to get to that shit. Yeah, so we gotta get out of here, because I don't look nearly slutty enough yet. Me neither. I need so much makeup on my face. Lexi doesn't look like a slut either. We gotta, we gotta fix this. Slut, slut, slut it up. Slut, 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 slut it up. Titties, 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 titties. Hey, this is not a podcast for children. It never has been. Mm, I, mm, I check mark mm, the explic- uh, explicit explicit box. Explicit. Every single time I upload a Explic- podcast. Explicit Explicit content. Titties. Okay, we love you guys. Yes, so uh, stay tuned (laughs) for that. We love you all, and uh, stay Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.